Hello and welcome to today's podcast. It's our great pleasure to have with us today Vicky Swindon from The Print Company, who are based in Warrington. And we're going to have a chat about her amazing um, homegrown digital print business and um, life in the print community. Um, Vicky, welcome. Hi, Debbie. Nice to talk to you. Oh, it's, it's good to have you on. Give you good to have you on air. It's great. It's really good. Thank you. So, um, just going backwards a little bit, let's start at the very beginning. How how did you begin your journey into digital printing? Um, what took me there? Innocence, arrogance, and no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted. I, I came out of a horrible divorce and wanted to work for myself. My family were entrepreneurs and. I, my, my butt didn't fit in anybody else's pigeonhole. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do something a bit different. Um, I didn't particularly want to do a startup. I wanted to, um, run a business, um, train staff, work with young people, all the sort of, um, I suppose things that we now describe as ethical 10 years ago, we just said, this is what we wanted to do. Um, and I went and went to buy a t-shirt printing business okay um and i really didn't enjoy printing t-shirts so i then thought i cast around us for something else i could print that wasn't so size orientated so restrictive um, and wasn't such a flooded market yeah and very very restrictive a, a really flooded market you know costs are being driven down driven down driven down and um, I thought, okay, what else can I do? Well, my family had run hotels, events, restaurants, bars, pubs, pop music things and what have you. Yeah. So I thought, okay, hang on a minute. I, I know about events. I know about how to do that. What might be something that could be used at an event that would work with what I'm doing? Um, and I, I came up with this notion of these tablecloths with a big logo printed on the front of them. And for the first five years of the business, that's really all we did. I sort of got up on day one and thought, right, OK, how am I going to sell this? So in those days, I could still build a website, rudimentary as it was. Yeah. Um, and I invested two and a half thousand pounds in an ancient printing machine and um, just sort of got on with it, really. Uh, built a website on Wednesday, launched it on Friday with £10 of Google AdWords. Fabulous. Uh, and it literally was like that. You know, here's some pictures of tablecloths that I think you might like. Here's how much we're going to charge you for them. And it wasn't an online shop or anything. It was really just a portal. When was that, um, Nikki? That was in 2010. Okay. So right at, from the point of view of the northwest of England, Right in the middle of a financial crisis. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, right. you know, I couldn't, I couldn't raise money. Um, I, I didn't. I had three children with me and my wife, Kat, um, and we were living in rented accommodation, and everything was, to say the least, difficult. <laughs> Challenging. Um, Challenging opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And of my £2,500 on day one, the, the local council took £750 for rent on a little building. Um, so I was looking at my, my money disappearing and I had a 499 mobile phone. <laughs> um, and and uh, literally just started phoning some people that I'd used to work with in events and what have you. Um, and my £10 Google AdWords served me well. And my first clients came to me on the first day. 
Fantastic. Um, great story. Yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say we haven't looked back because, you know, one of the things I often say about being a business is it's a lot like snakes and ladders. Mm -hmm. You seem to get up to the top of a ladder and then all of a sudden there's a snake there waiting for you and you sail back down again super quick. Um, but we grew very, very fast. The first three years we grew very fast just selling tablecloths. Um, and we found a way of, of doing them where rather than having to be dye sublimated, we were buying in ready colored tablecloths and printing them as you would a t-shirt, either with a screen print or with a large vinyl print. Okay. And from there, we so we were working with digital print onto vinyl at that stage. Um, in wide format, I suppose you would say, the prints yeah. were always about a meter wide which was quite unusual and it took us a, about 12 or 18 months to find a soft enough print base mm. for it to drape beautifully with a tablecloth yeah so we, we were quite um quite disruptive and <laughs> and having to be very innovative but it was um, it was difficult then it was difficult then to find the substrates that you need totally yeah, totally was. and you know it, it wasn't an industry that i'd been in very long and i was ringing Sort of suppliers and saying yes the thing is I'm not just making a badge for a t-shirt or something that's 30 centimeters across the shoulder I want something that I can shoot up to a meter that might be half a meter high and you know I've got it's got to be manipulative it's got to be something that we can work with something that's soft and washable and phthalate free if you can make it so and yeah. you know we, we were fussy to start with um, but yeah the first three years we grew like topsy and we went from three of us to nine of us wow. in the first three years, which was very shocking. Um, and looking back on it, what I know now mm -hmm. was that <laughs> I, I might have controlled that a little better. But we were always in the position where we just said, well, we won't say no to people unless there's some really valid reason. Um, we, you know, we were delivering faster than anybody else. We were working quicker than anybody else we were much more reliable than anybody else because there was always that old thing you know whenever I used to be a print buyer and they'd say oh you'll never get a print on that love <laughs> growing, like you say growing, oh, growing at that yeah. speed is difficult to to um, keep a hold of uh, resources sometimes isn't it totally I always felt like I was pushing an elephant up a hill and then suddenly it'd go over the crest of the hill and I'd have to run down the other side trying to catch its tail yeah so yeah, it was it was it was it was hard but exciting. Oh, it's an inspiring inspiring story though. What what uh, what inspires you um, now with your stuff, etc. Having having gone through that journey. Well, mm, I think the thing that I I really found was that as as I said, my parents have been very successful in Warrington with um, hospitality business. So we based ourselves in Warrington. I, I feel quite strongly towards the town um, and it, it's a funny area because we've got the M62 corridor with the IKEA, Gemini, huge Marks and Spencers and so on yeah. and we all, we almost join up with Liverpool on one side and Manchester on the other. Yeah. Because we've got that, everybody says oh, there's no unemployment in Warrington but Warrington Town Centre is, is very different. Um, and there, there was a, you know, a fair amount, and still is a, a, a fair amount of unemployment here. So I thought, well, if we base ourselves close to the town centre, we would be able to draw on 
what I assumed was going to be younger people, yeah. um, although I haven't, that hasn't always been the case, um, and we'd draw on younger people and we'd say to them, look, you, you might not already be a printer, you might not already be doing accounts, you might not already be doing sales, but come and join us and we will teach you how to do those things and we'll teach you as formally as we can ourselves. Um, and we started searching around for apprentice opportunities and because there were no digital printing apprenticeships I think we've got we've managed to get one now yeah. and it's pretty good yeah. um, but uh, back then sort of eight years ago yeah. seven eight years ago there really weren't um, a young guy rang me and said oh I, he'd seen something on the internet about us of being screen printers and he wanted to be a screen printer he was already screen printing in his bedroom um, and making t-shirts and is this Dan? This is Danny, yeah. yeah he's so curious, yeah. And you can see oh, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. And uh, he is. he's definitely addicted to textiles now, isn't he? Oh, totally. Um, and he just kind of said, can I come and screen print with you? And I was like, well, yes, come and screen print with us. The poor guy was working in Hobbycraft, selling pens and paper and not enjoying himself at all. Yeah. Um, so he came to work with us, and we had some <laughs> we had some interesting times where we were trying to get screen prints onto things that just wouldn't. And you know, we learned fast. We spilled a lot of ink. Yeah, we walked it all around the building. Oh, you know, <laughs> that's that's called pushing the boundaries of production. It was. It certainly <laughs> was. We'd be sitting here at ten o'clock at night, going, "Why is this not working? Why? Why? What is our problem? What are we doing wrong?" Uh, and it would turn out that we hadn't quite burned out the screen cleanly enough and, you know, all yeah. those sort of things. Yeah. Um, and we taught him how to do the digital work. And he's now our production manager oh, uh, at, at less than 30 years of age. So, you know, yes, it, they still take coaching. It's not like I've been able to take on somebody with a great deal of experience. But it is, it is much more inspiring for me, much more exciting for me to be able to have people here who've who've come in from from nothing and we're able to show them the way and even to the point where we entered the workplace pension scheme two and a half years early so because with such a young staff I felt that they probably needed to to learn about some savings and what have you so that that's the kind of way we roll really that's very good that's 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 excellent um it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's still a huge skill gap in the digital area. I've been working in it for a long time, so have you now. And um, it's quite amazing, really, as you say, that the apprenticeship schemes, etc., are very scarce on the ground. And yet, mm. as an industry, we have to encourage the youth and the next generation to, to join us in this journey. It's the most incredible industry right now. It's so innovative. Um, so yeah, I think it's an industry. Well, it's it's it is, and it's so cutting edge. And, and I mean, particularly things like the you know, in the fashion side of things, yeah. where literally we're, we're getting to the stage where we can go and design our own shirts. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to make it, and it'll be with us by the end of the week. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's it, it's extraordinary. It, extraordinary. I, I find it extraordinarily exciting. Yeah, it is. I wish I had a, a huge money pot to go and buy every machine available. Um, you know, for us, it is about being as innovative as possible, yeah. um, while still keeping, you know, while still keeping a business running, because you can't 
and let it run away with you. Um, and it is easy to, to lose a business these days where there isn't a lot of financial support and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. But in, in its own way, that now inspires me. I've just been doing a, a an MBA, a Master's in Business Administration at university as a sort of gift to myself, really. Good for you. And it's really, it's really um, given me loads more ideas how to do things. But one of the things that has come up every time in, in almost every session at the university and now as part of my dissertation is how... Um, how difficult it is for women to take their business plan to potential funders and for the funders to say yes. Uh, you know, it, there were some figures that came out a couple of months ago and it is something ridiculous like only 1% of women are successful in their in sourcing funding to run their businesses. But how can that be if it's a business model? Surely it's judged on its merits, not on its, not on the, um, you know, the sex of the person that applies. That's crazy. Absolutely. It, it is crazy, isn't it? It yeah. is. It, it's abysmal. Um, so, you know, that has been something that's made it a, a difficult journey because it is very difficult to get funding these days. It is, yeah. You know, back in the 80s, if you said you wanted, so, you know, you had a business idea and you wanted it funding or you wanted a new house or yeah. a larger mortgage or anything, oh, the bank used to come and visit you and yeah, bring best, you flowers. They were, they were your you best know. friend, absolutely. Weren't they, though? And now you can't get hold of anybody. It, 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 I find that frustrating in the extreme yeah. um, and that, that's something that you know as, as I've grown with the business that's something I do spend a lot of time working on and trying to advocate for women in business women in print is a whole other thing because we are still quite unusual and there are I would say some men who don't find us easy to work with they don't that not I don't mean within our own uh, work environment yeah. but you know when we go out to the wider market and what have you you know that well well who who's who's doing it with you what's his name you know and I'm a bit like there isn't a his <laughs> there isn't a him we're all her but isn't that the most amazing thing about the technology is that it, you know it's, it is so disrupt disruptive and it has completely democratized the print arena hasn't it so that i would say so yeah. if, if only for the fact that you look at the physical side of it you're not having to lift yep. things in the way you were or operate huge pieces of machinery in the way that you did yep. which were traditionally male orientated tasks yep. you've got a very very clean process now and you know <laughs> apart from us walking pink ink everywhere back in the screen printing days <laughs> uh, you know the building is we could be a technology company. Yeah. Well, I suppose to a great degree, we are a technology company. Well, that's right. You know, as you say, your broadband speed is just as important as so many other things in the day these days. That's right. Yeah. And when that, it certainly when is. When that goes down, everything stops, regardless of what you do. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's very, very shocking. Yeah, server problems, technical issues. I, You know, you, you now are a textile business with an inbuilt IT department. Yes, yeah, and we are, and we spend vast quantities um, more on on IT and um, digital marketing yep. than we do on any other sort of advertising and marketing. Absolutely. Because without that, nothing works these days. Absolutely, and and that's great. That that's given us the opportunity to do something which I love, which is to take on younger people. Um, I've got two apprentices in the building at the moment uh, who are. 
uh, 19 and 20 respectively. They've been with us a year, just about to qualify off their apprenticeships. And I, because the way we the way we work is very collaborative with the gang, and and they are a gang and a, a really you know a great um, eclectic bunch of folk. If we've got problems to solve, I don't sit here and say, you will do it like that. Mm-hmm. Neither do my managers. We get together and we say, hang on a minute, how are we going to get around this? Has anybody got any ideas? And invariably, it's the youngsters that come up with the better ideas because they've been brought up digitally. They've been, the, the, you know, the computer is their friend. The phone is their friend. They are, you know, they're, they're not... They're natives, aren't they? They are natives. That's a really good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, they are. Um, and, and they're not troubled by the fact that they might make an error because they can go back and delete it. Yes. God, I remember starting off as a secretary. I used so much liquid paper. It's a wonder that the blinking <laughs> paper didn't just fall apart, you know. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That, uh, that's the incredible creativity of digital, isn't it? The fact mm. that everything's mm. so quick and you can make those minor adjustments in real time now, utilising all the different softwares, etc. That's right. And that kind of agility for small firms like us is absolutely key because unless we can jump on things, we, we get our quotes out quicker than anybody else that I know. You know, if, if we don't do that, you do, these days you don't get the job. Yeah, literally. Because that's, an hour. that is all, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That is all part of the sustainability of the business. You're right, but that, um, that agility also sets you aside, doesn't it, really? And um, in, as you, I think you've mentioned later on, like the level playing field, really, having, having those tools and at your fingertips allows you to mm. to, to be a, a player. Yes, yeah. If the, if there wasn't Google and, and there wasn't the the sustainable digital backup that we have and the technology that we use, a company like mine would just never have got started because you couldn't have put somebody on the road to go out selling these sort of products at the value that they were because you just wouldn't, there's just no way you would have covered enough ground. Yeah, not enough margin. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the margin has diminished. In the last five years, I would say, the margin has diminished massively. Um, as as um, competitors have come online, you know, and, and seen what we're doing and thought, oh, we'll have a piece of that. So you, we have to work twice as hard for half as much margin, you know, yeah. would you, would, and, would, and that isn't easy. Yeah. Would you agree, Vicky, then, that I think in the early days, there was a perception that there'd be a higher price point for digital. But at the end of the day, to the end user and the consumer, it's the same product. It's just produced yes. in a different way. So as you say, Absolutely. You, there's already an established price point system in the textile marketplace. Yes, I would say exactly that. Um, and some areas of it, as we've moved, because we've got this sister company, That Cat Limited, yeah. where we, we're printing on, on roll-to-roll stuff for the fashion, for interior design, stage wear and what have you. Um, uh, that is a really interesting set of price points for me. Really interesting, because that's different to our promotional products that we are printing out of the print company. Yep. Um, we very much set the bar for those because we virtually invented the product. Um, but, oh, the, you know, well, you and I have had this conversation quite publicly yeah. about sampling. Absolutely, <laughs> we have, haven't you we? Know, and we're, you know, people, people are, are, have high expectations of your wish to give away your product. Yeah, it's and, and to, you know. There has to be a change of culture within the buying community too. Mm. 
I think, do you know, I, I think that I felt that when we went to um, a recent exhibition, we did make it British down in Islington at the Design Centre oh, a couple great. of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and we had a fantastic response to our stall. I think we, we spoke to about 200 people, um, which is just magnificent. Uh, and have had some great feedback from, from a lot of them since then. And we were speaking to everybody from sort of um, Prada to Gucci to Jasper Conran to Joe Bloggs, who makes men's underwear in particular designs. Um, and I, their, their own expectations of being working within a British market, onshoring everything, which is why I think a lot of them were there, because I think they do a lot of offshoring. Well, we know they do. Um, they're bringing it, looking at bringing things onshore, which is good for the market. Yep. But they're trying, and, and bless them, I did feel that they weren't um, unrealistic because they know they're not going to get Asia pricing in Europe and in the UK. It's just not going to be the same. But they will get a product that they could say to you on Monday, I'm really stuffed, I need... 20 meters and i need it by thursday can you do it yes you can you've not got to wait three months for it but i, I really felt there was a lot of people out there fact finding for onshoring work and oh, um, it's a uh, it, it, it's very hard to know what the price point is going to end up floating at for that yes exactly but there are also so many economies for them within that business model too, aren't there? With uh, no huge stock holdings, et cetera, et cetera. That's right, and that's right. Yeah, speed to market, carriage, a thousand, there are a thousand different savings within that price model. Um, as you say that- And huge accountability. You yes. know, they can, they can turn up on my doorstep today, which I'm delighted about, absolutely delighted about, because it makes such a difference working with people where you can meet the people. You know, you, but you can't possibly fly to China today and turn up on somebody's doorstep today. Yep. You know, so it, it, I like that. I'm very excited about that because sometimes I think we get a little bit um, we get a little bit stir crazy um, because we don't meet very many of our clients because the work is done digitally over the email or whatever. Um, the, the joy of meeting clients never goes away for me never ever goes away that's one of my great inspirations there's nothing nicer than somebody saying oh look at that oh there's my stuff on your machine yeah. oh can I have one of these and you know, you know that's yeah. that's a lovely feeling I find it really interesting actually and I think that as we move to a more sustainable agenda we have to have the only way it works is through collaboration and uh, transparent supply chain and as you say yeah controlling that transparency um, to regulation and that's the uh, or certification and those are the two really key words here um, it's it's harder it's much much harder to deliver in a really fast speedy time frame very very mm. hard for the for mm. huge um, conglomerates to work in that time frame where they're delivering products into store on a 7 14 day turnaround so I think that's why mm. for me that's why we see this huge swing towards reshoring which you know at the end of the day is fantastic news for businesses such as yourself in the textile industry um, worldwide really um, mm. yeah I think I think sustainability alongside accountability is actually going to make huge changes in our industry and well, I think so and and one of the things I really you know when I when I talk about sustainability I don't just talk about whether something's made with bamboo or totally or whether it's a recycled product yep. it, it is a sustainability of a business it does not necessarily have to be about your bottom line and your profit we work on 
balanced scorecards in our business um, and, and we we define what we believe our, our key performance indicators are and they will be everything from getting some more people through training, bringing in new staff, rationalizing where we're up to with, with you know the buildings that we've got. Uh-huh. Everything is balanced. Did, and did we enjoy doing something? Yep. Did we enjoy it? Because if we didn't enjoy it or it was tremendously difficult, and we've then put that down to R&D and, then, and we review that and say, in actual fact, that was a horrible job. We don't like doing that. Yeah, how do We're we, not going to do it again. Yeah, we either change it or don't do it again. Yeah. 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 So that for me is sustainability in business. The, the profit thing, I was listening to an econom, economist the other day on the radio and, and the profit thing is, is really got to be looked at because our capitalist system is very, very wobbly these days. And, you know, we know that trickle-down economics don't work. We've got this incredible, um, you know, the rich 1% and the rest of us in the miasma just about getting by. And I, I genuinely think it will have to change. And, you know, one, one thinks of the French Revolution. Are we going to have a re- revolution? <laughs> Um, where, where so, you know, somebody says this can no longer be the case. We can't treat people like this. And so that's one of the things that we've always really tried hard here is to make a sort of work nirvana. So, that, you know, not only are we enjoying dealing with our clients, we're enjoying dealing, dealing with each other. We like our workplace. Yep. Um, you know, we, we're not Google. We haven't got a slide instead of stairs. That would be wonderful. We haven't got sleep pods. There's an old sofa in the back. You know, <laughs> but I always call it the sick room because if one of the if one of the staff are poorly, then I, I suddenly become mother and <laughs> start handing out junior aspirin. You know. Oh, but you have a great team. That's brilliant. And that, we do. That's very we genuinely much the, do. The ethic, isn't it, as well, and that the the mantra of your business model too, really. That very much so. That, that, yeah, and, and you know that passes on to your clients too. That's why you build such a strong business. I think so, and I think the the more we go out and and meet our clients, which for us is is still only really a possibility at exhibitions and what have you, so that we get a large hit, okay, a, a lot of bang for our buck, if you like. So do you think you um, might, do you think you might extend your exhibition budget then if you enjoyed um, making oh, British? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I think that that is our very best way of of moving forward because people then see the whites of your eyes and you get the opportunity to tell the story. Story. Yep. And and the story is becoming important. And you know, you've we've hoped this for a long time, not just us, a lot of businesses, a lot of people yep. have hoped that it's important that you are employing young people, it's important that you're training people, it's important that you're looking for um, sustainable products, natural products, or polyester products, which whichever in, in our industry is is going to work for you. It's important that you care about that. Yep the dna of your business not just the price point absolutely absolutely yeah Yeah, i think i think there has to as you say there has to be a swing with the with change with the buyers um and that's 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 going to come i think Mm. the next you know three or three to five years and i think it'll come along with um certification and regulation i think as well too well funnily enough one of my clients on on the print company side of things has recently um set up smeter audits um and and you see this more and more frequently that yes you know we can be members of sedex or we can have an ocatex um tag against us or we can um do our iso as we've done uh, and all that sort of thing 
But now the, the clients themselves are saying, hang on a minute, what we've done is we've talked to, in this case, um, Smita and, um, you know, will you be willing to be audited by us, with us, to give us all a stronger base to work from? And there is lots and lots and lots of that going on. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think as for some of the larger businesses, the big, big buyers as well, they're going to be they're be already being judged um, by their environmental footprint. So they have, absolutely. So they have to put together a supply chain that that brings the positive impact for the environment. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Debbie. It, you can't. We can't go any other way, can we? No. You know, as human beings, this. The, you know what, what we've seen recently. It. Yeah, you, you know, oh, absolutely. You, um, in in the notes prior to um, to chatting online, you said that sustainable sustainable substrates was one of the first questions, one a big question at uh, at the yeah. exhibition. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. What is it you've got? And in fact, so what I didn't do that we did our stand quite unusually at that exhibition, and we did it all in white. I didn't take any printed fabric with me at all. I just took the fabric. Okay, cool. Um, and we, we hung it up like bunting and, and we were like, look, hang on a minute. You need to understand these polyesters that we work on. And that is where we generally do most of our work yep. uh, on, on poly products. And um, they they are we here. Here is one that is 100 percent recycled. Here is another that's 45 percent recycled. And these things are coming through real thick and fast. It's great. And it's got to happen. Yeah, it's, it's just, you yeah. know, you can't have the water use of, of dealing with um, other inks na on, on natural products. It's, it's just obscene. It is, yeah, but it's, you know, the text, aside from the print industry, which is incredibly sustainable and you know, massive disruption there in that the, a digital print, for example, uses 5% of the water as you just said, to compared to any mm. of the other ink sets. But the actual textile industry at the beginning of this whole supply chain um, is starting to push out these sustainable substrates, not the metrages that we need yet. But I was reading something the other day about um, biodegradable polyesters, where mm. the actual um, the actual biochemistry is inducted at the very beginning when they make the the from the pet when they actually spin that yarn from the polyester right right from the beginning, yeah. so that when it gets to landfill, it will biodegrade. Yes, that it's got to happen. It's that clever chemistry built into all of the products that we use that, 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 as you say, collectively with so many other things, hit this word sustainable, which is one tiny word in a huge, mm. huge, huge marketplace. Well, we've, we've signed up to the um, United Nations 17 Sustainable Goals. Great. Because, you know, and, and we're already good on about... 14 or 15 of them just by being us uh -huh. I mean and that was always something that <laughs> was quite interesting yeah it's just quite extraordinary when I was looking at the goals myself and saying well actually we already do this actually we already do that Fabulous. we had a similar situation when we did our ISO <laughs> we did an ISO in four days not because I thought oh my god we've only got four days to do it but because our systems were already really really efficient and really tight simply by the fact that we cared so much that for quality control uh -huh. that if we hadn't sort of set up those systems we would never have had the quality control in the first place and it's every, everything we like to be accountable all the way back so if you come to me in three years time and say well three years ago you did this royal blue something I've got a piece of that royal blue something from three years ago in your job sheet and I will be able to match it to what we have now 
you know, we've always been very, very keen on that kind of quality control and that kind of, it's important. It's, you know, there's no point in you setting yourself up in your business and us letting you down. That's not the way it should be. We should be all working together. No, you're right. It's good. But it's, sustainability yeah. again. Yeah, you know? it's um, best best practice, isn't it? At the end of the day, like you mm. say, and mm. it's you know throughout all of this, all of the levels and different departments in your business, you know, you are as you said, you know, in order to get those accreditations in, with such speed, you've got to be already highly organised. Yes, so, um, yeah. And that's as you although say, you wouldn't say it's it's a good thing you're not filming me because you wouldn't why? say that if you looked at my desk. <laughs> oh. There's a lot of different piles on my desk yesterday oh. and it's wednesday which means that mel our fabulous cleaning lady is in and she, she comes and stands over me while i tidy my desk oh. <laughs> well it sounds like you're pushing all those pieces of paper in the right direction anyway vicky it sounds, I hope it sounds so. fabulous no, oh, so. taking up so much of your time i think we've just moved to a, we've actually scooted through all of our questions pretty much and i guess a, a great note to end on with be um what do you think's next for the print company what's what's inspiring you right now what would you like to see happen in the next few years um, I, I want to understand the life cycle of the products we use. As we've just been saying, you know, biodegradable polys, it's got to happen. Yep. Um, we, we would like to run higher profits because one is supposed to. But other than that, I think you will see us just doing more of what we do. Um, we'll be out there on the exhibition circuit making more friends and... If we can, we're a little bit um, hogbound by the buildings that we're in. We've managed to go across three units at the moment, and there's only half a unit empty near us just presently okay. for us to move into. So I don't think I don't anticipate that we'll be taking on another ten staff, maybe another three um, in the next three to five, and just enjoying what we're doing. Oh, that's great, Vicky. Thank you. Of course, you. I'm getting to be an old lady now. No, I've got to think about it, haven't I? No. <laughs> No, not at all. Vicky, thank you so much for your time today. It's very, it's such an inspiring story, The Print Company. Um, and I'll make sure that everything, all the credits are in the URL um, for the podcast. And I'll also link, link us to, as well, our Q&A session, which we did yesterday. Super. So that our listeners can find your company and um, join your inspiring story. Thanks, Debbie. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much for your time today, Vicky. Let's catch Take care. See you and let's catch up and have another great conversation soon. Thank you. Take, Look forward to it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.